Hey, hey, this is Coach AA, and welcome to the number 21st edition. I'm excited to present the second part of the core series. I promise I'm done with this for now. It did end up being a slightly longer piece, but I am excited and I'm hoping more than me being excited, it makes sense for you. If you understand these mental models and you know how to go about your work at the gym, I genuinely know that your lifting will go to the next level. These are things that I have overcomplicated for myself over the years, uh, at least the early years of my lifting. And I was pretty much trying to think about what I would tell me of say 10 or 12 years ago about, how, about what the core is. So anyway, that's this piece. And I also wrote about calluses and bicycle seats, which seem to be rather popular. I thought, uh, I'm not sure why, but I'm glad you like it. Anyway, I'm a little all over the place because I want to get into this. So let's get going. The first piece is called calluses and bicycle seats. Riding a bicycle for long durations will hurt your butt. Swimming will burn your eyes, assuming clothing is still a thing, right? Running might cause cramps, might cause aches. When you start lifting weights, barbells or kettlebells or whatever, the iron bites you. Front squats with a barbell, shave your neck. Back squats, shave your traps. Kettlebell swings threaten to rip the skin on the palm. When you clean the bell, the bell bangs into you. You get better with skill and your body gets used to all of this. Your palms develop calluses, for example. Your hands get rougher and get used to the feel of the iron. When the bell clangs into you, you take the bump rather well. Calluses are a great metaphor. When you start something new, it is difficult. It shapes. It hurts. It is mighty uncomfortable. But as long as you are persistent, you will get rather good at it. You will adapt to it. You improve. You level up. Say you don't lift weights for a few months and you go back to it. Well, yeah, your hands are going to feel tender after the first day, but in a few sessions, you'll be fine. Personally, dealing with the discomfort of reading a book above my skill level is something I have a lot more skill with today than I did 10 years ago. Rather than getting frustrated and throwing it away, I get frustrated and then I calm down and then I go again. I do a bit more the next day, and sometime soon, the book resembles English words that I know and recognize. And thoughts and metaphors and models make sense in my head. You have successes in other domains. You've done the same thing in those domains. You've developed your calluses. Fitness or fat loss is 
no different. You could have the same patience and approach after contextualization, of course. So stay, stay on the path, develop your calluses, and you'll get where you want to go. That's the first piece. Now, on to the three quotes for today. The first one is by Fred Rogers. We live in a world in which we need to share responsibility. It is easy to say, it is not my child, not my community, not my world, not my problem. Then there are those who see the need and respond. I consider those people my heroes. End quote. A student of mine sent me this quote. When I was younger, I was one of those people who was like, eh, it's not my problem. I was totally that guy. But when I realized fitness and strength training for myself and I went through this transformational change, I simply could not keep it to myself. A lot of people have asked uh, me this about how you could leave a career in the valley and move here, but it was, it comes down to this, right? Like it's just something I could not keep to myself. And I found a kindred soul in Raj who believed the same thing. And that's why we do this together. And with the general trend of, you know, health and fitness just going south, the scams and the fads and blah, blahs. I do think we need a lot more people to share the responsibility of, you know, honestly, talking sense and being realistic with approaches and mindset and goals and not pushing scams and fads. The second one from Derek Sivers, choose the pain of discipline the pain of regret, end quote. Simple, powerful. Do I put this candy in my mouth now or do I repeat this pain of saying no for six months and having two inches lesser around my waist? Or do I give in and three months later bitch and moan about another failed diet and how I simply cannot seem to get leaner? Everything is a choice. The 10 pieces of uh, chicky I ate last night, well, a choice I made. The salad I'm going to eat for lunch today, another choice I made. Now, life is simply our choices adding up. I made this sound like a either or black-white thing, but it isn't. If you can get 80% of your choices towards the direction you want today, Wonderful. Does 80 move you in the forward direction? Great. If not, then maybe it's 85%. It depends. But for the longer term, choose the pain of discipline, not the pain of regret. The last one is from a book my buddy recommended, and I'm loving it. 
It's a little bit out of context, but that's fine. Here's the quote. Unbounded growth cannot be sustained without having either infinite resources or inducing major paradigm shifts that reset the clock before potential collapse occurs. Now, Jeffrey West is talking about the theory of finite time singularity. That sounds fancy and complex. I'm going to steal it and brutalize it. Now, in most instances, we need these paradigm shifts, right? Like personally as well, when you undergo a paradigm shift, it changes how you approach it. But sometimes, is it a true paradigm shift? For example, running away to space to colonize it. Yeah, sure, it's a paradigm shift, whatever. But killing the earth because you cannot take care of it, being done and then running away and trying to do it again. What do you think is going to happen? 300, 400, whatever years. Yeah, sure, it's not relevant to me. I'm going to be dead. But still, for argument's sake, you're only going to go somewhere else and do something stupid. I think in this space race or whatever, the real paradigm shift would be to live on the earth in ecological balance. In my extremely naive opinion, but that's that. Well, those are the quotes for today. On to the large piece for the day. Breathing and bracing, the core. This is the second part of understanding a fundamental skill in strength and conditioning. I spoke about the first part last week, but I'll briefly summarize this so we are all on the same page. The core is a catch-all term we tend to use without much precision. And often, and rightly, we think this is the area that refers to our abs or midsection or whatever, okay? Now, sometimes, as I made the point in my longer piece, the glutes are part of the core, the quads are part of the core, blah, blah, blah. So instead of the core, let's just call it the pillar, okay? That's it. The pillar's function primarily is to keep your back safe and to transmit power efficiently. The more efficient it is, the better. Else you're wasting energy creating power. Think of the power lines that bring electricity to your home, right? We generate it somewhere else, but if half the power is lost, well, we are essentially generating twice the power we need in our power plants. The pillar is a six-sided box. It's 360 degrees. Think of wearing a car set you know, around your midsection, plus the bottom and the top. The limbs move, your arms and legs move. Think of a sprinter, right? Their pillar stays very stable that allows the arms and legs to pump and generate a fast pace. And finally, think of straps running down vertically and diagonally from shoulder to hip, in the front, in the sides, in the back. Tighten the straps and hold them there and then lift. That's it. That's good enough to start. So on to the second part. We'll start with a metaphor. 
a car tire. Now, visualize a car tire that is flat. Now, when a tire is flat, there's a leak somewhere. That's why it has gone flat. So you take it to the mechanic, you know, they find the puncture, they plug the hole, and then they pump air into it. Fills up nicely, the shape is restored, and the tire feels solid and firm, and the right quality is amazing. But if you persist in driving around with a flat tire, you're damaging the wheel, the axle, the whatevers. You cannot drive fast, and well, if you try, you are an accident waiting to happen. And if you continue doing this, you're going to ruin your car and the time and the money that is going to be the bill in the repair shop is increasing the more and more you delay it, right? Likewise, when you do not engage your pillar properly and you don't know to breathe and brace properly, what do you think happens when you try to lift heavy or do ballistic work? Same stuff that's happening to your car. Most people get frustrated by a lack of progress after the initial honeymoon phase of lifting. While this applies to any skill, you're talking about lifting here. You cannot lift heavier because your pillar cannot support it. Just like trying to drive fast with a flat tire, you either cannot lift heavy or you're just going to injure yourself when you try. The muscles of our pillar are the rubber of the car tire. The air that we fill into the car tire at pressure is the air that we inhale and exhale and together the muscles in the air are how we brace. While one can do the job alone, they won't do it too well. When you add them together, you have something amazing. Now, tying the pillar together, skill and technique, is a journey that you'll be on for a long time. This breathing and bracing, you will keep improving on it. And as you improve this, it will spill over into everything else. Don't expect to master it immediately. Now, let's talk about the top of the box, something we neglected last week. And by we, I mean me, of course. How we breathe in is the top of the box. You should be breathing in through your nose almost always. And we should be breathing in and out while our muscles of the pillar are braced. Now, I don't want to get into too much about breathing, except that we should be breathing with a muscle called the diaphragm. Simple way to practice this is crocodile breathing. So just lie down, face down on the floor and breathe into your belly, meaning your belly will push the floor away as you inhale and you will sink into the floor as you exhale. And slowly, remember it's 360 degrees, take your time and feel all around 
inhaling and exhaling. That's about it. More just confuses. Now more on bracing. Stand up. Not really. Stand up. Poke your bum. Yes, really. Poke your bum. Feel squishy, right? Now squeeze your glutes as hard as you can. Harder. Harder. Now poke your bum. Solid and firm, right? The car tire, when the air is not full or at proper pressure, no, it's squishy. But when you fill it up, feel solid, right? Like whenever you finish, uh, you've given your car tire a kick, right? So that full tire or that solid and firm butt, that's what we need to do with our pillar as well. Brace yourself for a punch. This doesn't mean you push it out in the front. You got to fill it up like that car tire. Inhale into your belly and then just firm up. Your pillar will fill up, right? It will increase in size a bit all around though. Once again, do not push your stomach alone out. And definitely do not suck your belly in. Front, back, sides. All of it should be braced for a punch. They should go from squishy to how your glutes, your butt went to solid. That is bracing. Engaging your pillar muscles by tying them together and then using the proper breathing mechanism and padding all the areas with air, doing this together makes a tight brace. The rubber of the car tire without any holes or punctures in them, along with the right amount of air at the right pressure, makes for a great ride. That's what you're going to do. Now, on to the actual breath. Breathing properly behind the shield, as it is called, or breathing while braced, is not an easy skill. It is going to take you a long time. Don't worry. Here you're learning the right mental model so you know what you're going for. Think of a sport or an activity where the effort is obvious. You can watch, say, old clips of Shoei Bakhtar bowling. Just watch him when he's releasing. Watch his mouth. You will see he will go. Or you can watch a tennis player serving. You know, you can feel the power when they grunt, right? That grunt, that exhale aids the output. In slow, heavy moves, you breathe differently and you generate much higher tension levels. In sport, in ballistic movements, you breathe and brace at different tension levels. This should be obvious to you as you think about it. Now, when you begin, as long as you are bracing, you can practice this exhale by just grunting. Brace and grunt, and you'll see that the grunt actually increases the pillar tension. I have a drill for this. But before we go there, a note on tension. Now, some cars, say big cars or trucks, have higher air pressure. You know, the number 
uh, the guy sets it to at the bunk when you go in to fill your air. For some car tires, it is lower. Similarly, the tension level you create for different movements is high. Sorry, is different. It is high for slow and heavy movements like the deadlift. And it is lower for faster movements like the sprint or playing tennis or sport. The right amount of tension allows the best expression of strength or power. And creating and expressing and manipulating this tension is a key skill of lifting. Okay, that's all you need to know. Yeah, you can watch the fast bowler in action. You can see that he is just smooth in his sprint. Whereas you can watch like a deadlift or a squat world record and you can see that he is tensing up the muscles to a different degree. Now, note for folks with blood pressure and hypertension and all of it, you should not be doing any of this. So please talk to your doctor. So the drill for you to practice breathing and bracing, we're going to blow out some candles. Or you can just keep a stack of paper uh, or confetti on your desk and you can try this. Stand a few feet away and get into a standing plank. So you're going to grip the floor, you're going to pull your kneecaps up, squeeze your glutes, connect the straps, brace. Now inhale into your belly. So everything tight and you just go into your belly. Now, while holding the brace, just try to blow the paper. So you'd go, right? Now, don't lose the brace while you're doing this. Don't inhale too much when you exhale and see what happens to your pillar. You'll find that it has gotten even stronger. Isn't that brilliant? Now, I'm not going to go into heart style breathing and all that, okay? This is enough for you to get started. So try the drill. See what happens when you are able to brace and exhale and you're trying to blow these candles or push, you know, blow the paper away. Now, putting it all together, in part one, we learned that we need to engage our pillar by connecting the straps from our shoulder to our hip, in the front, in the sides, in the back, and the bottom if we can. Here, we learned that we need to brace, not just connecting the straps, but brace them for a punch, like the car tire, or like our glutes when squeezed, and then we breathe behind this shield, this brace we've created. You put all of these two, three things together. Now, this is a skill you'll practice and practice and hone for a long time. Strength is a skill. It's not just the technical movement, the mechanics of, say, the squat or the deadlift. This, learning to tie your body together, breathing and bracing and the pillar, is a common thread across pretty much everything in the gym.
and to pretty much all physical endeavors. When you do this in a smaller closed loop environment, say like practicing in simple moves like the plank or blowing the candles, you will eventually just, it'll automatically happen when you go and play. You cannot think about breathing and bracing, blah, blah, blah. When you are, say, playing badminton, you shouldn't. Okay? Or even when you are lifting a lot of weight, the focus will be on the weight. You cannot think about all of these. But we practice them in these slightly easier environments, in these not maximal, but much lighter, sub-maximal loads to build the skill. So practice it in the plank. So get into a plank and then start squeezing your armpits. Start connecting the straps, squeeze your glutes, and then try to see like how you tighten a guitar. You know, the string tightens up, tighten the straps up more and squeeze them more. And you go for maximum here. While running, keep the straps on, but minimal tension. Remember, minimal is not zero. What I found crucial is focusing on the integrity of the straps. Remember, a car tire with a small leak will still eventually go flat. So in our case, there being no leakage is the first step. Once you learn to do things without any leakage, then turning up the tension becomes much easier. So focus on learning to tie your pillar together with zero leaks. And with that one skill, you are lifting is going to go to the next level. And that's that piece for today. And with that, I'm done for today as well. Thank you for listening. I would love to hear feedback. Uh, did I confuse you more? Did I help? Uh, or whatever questions you might have in mind. This is Coach AA signing off. Bye-bye.